people think that being a star is about being fabulous, being in the spotlight, having your picture taken all the time and having everyone worship and adore you, being rich, 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 having it all. And you know what? They're absolutely right. I'm so desperate. For what, honey? For some fun. He loves me. He loves me not. Were there any messages? He really cares about me. It's me. Well, hi, how are you? I realize I haven't talked to you in a while, and I, I have no idea if you guys are coming to the show, what night, blah, blah, blah. Well, whatever you guys can get the tickets for. Dad, I can get you tickets any night you want to come. Nobody talks about this on film? The insanity of doing this all on a documentary? Why should I stop here? But does anyone say it? Who's anyone? That's Al Pacino. Hello, Pisces. That's Manny Well, Anyone that comes into this insane atmosphere, when they come into your dressing room, when they come wherever you are, they feel crazy. I'm making this movie because I'm not afraid of the truth. Truth or dare, Madonna? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back. I can't wait to talk about this movie. Oh. And this person. <laughs> oh, Mary. This is a good one. <laughs> we waited for a while for this one. Yes, indeed. We have. We've waited for uh, a minute, but I think uh, this is, this is going to be a lot of fun. Well, I had a lot of fun watching it. Mm-hmm. Everybody out there listening, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these are, are the movies, movies that, that made, made us gay. gay. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Man, Scott... Let's just get right into this it. This movie is ahead? wild. And it is absolutely wild. We just need to get right into it. We need to, <laughs> yeah. we need to get the show on the road. Yeah. So I'll we go. watched Madonna, Truth or Dare, released May 10th, 1991, directed by Alec Kashishian, with our friend Marlene. Hi. Thank you for having me. Marlene, welcome to the show. You are one of my oldest, dearest this friends. very true. I've known you for such a long time. <laughs> I mean, yes. I've known you for over 10 years, but Pete yeah. has known you for decades. Yes, indeed. And I feel like uh, one of our biggest biggest Madonna fan friends. I think I so. Think. We always talk about Madonna with you, and sometimes you'll just be over hanging out, and we'll just go in a K-hole of Madonna videos on YouTube. <laughs> I that we'll mean, just sit and watch. Yeah. You know, I was nine when the Lucky Star video came out, wow. we didn't have cable in my home, mm-hmm. so I was at my next door neighbor and friend's house. The Lucky Star video came on, and you know, as a little girl, I was just like, "She's so cool, <laughs> she's so pretty. I like the song." And you know, the following year, I was in fifth grade. The Like a Virgin album came wow. out, and we were all me and all the other little girls in our controversial. My class. And I'm sure that you, as a little kid, probably just had an opinion about it. 
I mean, it was just, I just, I liked the music <laughs> yeah. and she was like pretty and like, mm-hmm. we were all like whipping out our rubber bracelets and <laughs> my sister yes. and I were like plowing our grandma's like scrap bag for like lace bows we could put in our hair. <laughs> Love it. Um, I do remember once, even though we didn't have cable, there was like some video, uh, program that would come on Saturday mornings mm-hmm. and it was the Like a Virgin video came oh, out and okay. my mom was like, what is this you're listening to? <laughs> a burn and cry. <laughs> you know, I do remember like after Saturday morning cartoons, probably like post Soul Train, Yes, you know, maybe yeah. it was like some Dick Clark kind of a thing that they would just show videos on American Bandstand maybe. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Because we also only had cable like sporadically. Like we would have it and then we wouldn't have it and then we'd have it and we wouldn't have it. Um, yeah. I I mean, it's funny because you mentioned, you know, we were talking about as we were watching it because we just finished watching this movie mm-hmm. all three we of just us together. It. And Marlene, you mentioned as we were watching, Scott asked you, you know, how old were you in 90, 91 when this came out? And this tour would have been the Blonde Ambition Tour and this would have been... 1990. Yeah. So they recorded it in 90. The yep. movie comes out in 91. So you said you were... I was I was, fi- I was a sophomore 15 in 90. And right. then you said it came out May 91. That was the end of my junior year. I was right. 16. And so what were you saying about like kind of your musical taste at the time, you know? I mean, I was very much... You know, like prior to high school, I was just pop music. But yes. then it was like, you know, you get to high school mm-hmm. and you, you start, you're exposed to, to new music yeah. and friends introduce you. So like I was very into, you know, alternative, new wave. Yeah. I, lo- I love The Cure. I love Depeche Mode. I love The Pixies, Stone Roses, yeah, all of that. Yeah. So, I mean, I always liked Madonna's music, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like... You know, in those years, I wasn't like super, you know, I was, I was into what I was into, Yeah, but it was all happening, you know, it was very much talked about. Yes. This movie was talked about. I didn't see it when I was in high school. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have even been allowed into the theater, but, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I do remember the controversy, yes. you know, and like right around the time that this movie came out was when the justify my love video came out mm-hmm. and that was a huge controversy. Um, yeah. so you know, I've I've always like loved, I've always loved Madonna. Yeah, music. I think no matter where mm-hmm. we go, like yeah. in our musical taste, how like cool or like alternative or whatever, that's just there because it's her music was like it was, I don't know, like ubiquitous, like it was just everywhere. And it's funny when you watch this, and I remember first of all, sidetrack. I remember Warren Beatty being in a lot more of this. Sure. He's barely in yep. it. Yep. Yeah, barely. But yeah. when he is in it, he's wearing sunglasses the whole time. <laughs> and he just has his attitude about just like, uh, she just of, can't do anything just without a, the camera. Just a on very her. disinterested attitude of like, well, why are you doing this silly movie? But I think at the time there was I mean, there's always been Madonna backlash. Always. As long as she's yep. been a pop star, there's been backlash. And I remember at the time it was just, well, now she's gotta have the cameras on everywhere she goes and, and all of that. Um and especially at this time, you know, uh, I think I was probably in the eighth, seventh or eighth grade, seventh grade and ninety, eighth grade and ninety one, and um, at that point, I remember specifically, like you saying, you were getting into more like cooler tastes in music. <laughs> I was still kind of listening to pop music, and I specifically remember this one instance when 
Do you remember um, I Touched Myself by the the, the Divine? Oh, yeah. That was Love a it. huge song. Huge hit, right? Huge, huge hit. Mm-hmm. And I hear it on the radio, and I'm like, oh, this is such a like scandalous song. And, you know, when my mom would drive us to school, because my mom would drive us to elementary school, she would play the Top 40 station. She would play Kiss FM here in L.A. And who was hosting the morning show on? Kiss oh, at FM? that time, Rick Dees. Rick Dees. Oh, yeah. Still Rick Dees. Still yeah. Rick, Dees. Rick Dees in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Kiss FM. Um, and, you know, they're playing the Divinals, and I'm just like shocked and just like, oh my goodness, this song. And I get to school, and I hear like the cool girls, and they're just like, oh my God. I heard I touched myself on Kiss FM this morning. And I was kind of like, well, where else would you hear it? Because they were already listening to K Rock, and that's where the Divinal yeah. like, sure. broke yeah. in yeah. Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah, and it's that thing where it's like the cool songs break on the college radio station, yeah. and then they Rodney, eventually get to top Rodney forty. Would play them on yes, Rodney would break on K Rock. Yep, at one a.m. on a Sunday, and then you know weeks, months later, it would be you know all over the world and on top forty stations. And that was when I was like, oh. I don't listen to the cool music. <laughs> I'm a little behind the curve. I'm on a little one. late on this. And, then, and you know, it's like, okay, oh, rock. All right. Noted mental note. Um, but yeah, uh, but still always, you know, like we said, Madonna was just, it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. This movie was parodied. We'll talk about the parodies. We'll talk about the parodies later. Yeah. Scott, what, what is your relationship growing up with Madonna? So my relationship with Madonna is that I just never, I mean, I've always remembered her just being a massive star. Yes. And I would have been a little, little kid around the time this movie came out and also she was in Dick Tracy. And I was thinking about on my walk today, I feel like Dick Tracy would have been what kind of introduced me to Madonna. Just because Dick Tracy did have a very kid-friendly vibe to it. Yeah. And you just saw this beautiful woman and it was Madonna. (laughs) <laughs> singing Vogue. And I don't even think that I even watched Dick Tracy as a kid, but I just knew that's Madonna. She's in Dick Tracy and she is a massive star. And I think that I remember I didn't really listen to Madonna seriously until Ray of Light came out when I was in junior high. Right. And that album for me was huge. Like it was my big introduction to what a great musician Madonna was. Yeah. So I'm a little bit younger than you two, <laughs> but that album for me was Ray of Light. Oh, it's a great album. Yeah. It's so good. And that so was good. Madonna's <laughs> semi-comeback album. Because yeah, she had, was, I, mean, I mean, she was recording music over the age of 40, yeah. which, I mean, in the pop industry, it's like, you, like who is this grandma still recording albums yeah, over yeah. the age of 40? And Madonna, I mean, it's one of the most successful albums of Madonna's career. Yeah, I feel like she got her mm-hmm. first Grammy. Yeah, for Ray of Light at like forty or forty-one, mm-hmm. whatever, when she got it. Yeah, and uh, specifically Truth or Dare. I just remember seeing this movie at the video store uh-huh. in the suspense section, what? or was it? Or was it Special Interest? It's I don't remember. Special Interest. It may have been Special. Maybe Body of Body of Evidence was Body, in the body of Evidence. Yeah. Definitely in <laughs> Which, suspense. I've seen that. And oh yeah, yeah. We can I talk a little bit about like my hot take on Madonna's acting career, yeah. but I remember seeing it at the video store and just thinking, "Oh, this is like a dirty movie." <laughs> of that, when you look at the when you look at the box, like she's on a sure. bed. Yeah, it's like that red and white. Yeah, the logo color mm-hmm. on the logo. I'm just like, this is not for kids. I can't watch this. <laughs> and I feel like that just stuck with me all throughout when I was a teenager into my early 20s. I think that I properly sat down and watched this 
when I first started going out with Pete that I had never okay. actually seen the entire sure. thing. So I probably watched it when I was like 25. Yeah. Just because it just still had that reputation of this is very controversial. This is not <laughs> for children. I I don't think I can watch this yet. But you loved documentaries and Yeah, exactly. You, you know, it's almost a hybrid like it's a documentary for sure, but it's almost a concert movie yes, for sure. Too. And yeah. I was Forget reading that the idea was is that she was going to do a concert movie for HBO okay. about the Blonde Ambition Tour, and then it just sort of became this. Sure. It's sort of kind of, they want in the cinema verte style, shot in black and white, right. all the concert footage in color. David Fincher was originally supposed to direct it when it was supposed to be wow. a proper concert movie, okay. and then Alec came on board when the idea just sort of grew. Okay. And I know that Madonna was just impressed with student film work that he had done, that she wanted to work with somebody young and cool, like a young, cool, up-and-coming filmmaker. Right. And that's what landed this director the gig. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, the music video portions, I mean, they're not even music video portions, but the performance portions are mm-hmm. like crazy the way like the amount of cameras on stage and coverage and the way they're edited and shot as a matter of fact i think the um holiday uh portion was shown as a video on mtv sure like that Mm. entire i think it's still the music video when you look up holiday the video i think it's It's i think it's the blind mission tour well yeah because when she when holiday was recorded that was like 82 i don't think there was i've seen like footage of her performing it in some like tiny little club yeah Way back, but that was never the official video. Right, right. So, um, yeah, but I mean, this movie was pretty impactful. I think it did have a reputation of being risque, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, even at the time. Yep. But I mean, that's Madonna. And now (laughs) as I watch it, I'm like, it doesn't doesn't seem very risque. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't seem too bad at all. Um, But she, she fully says in the movie, you know, there's several points in the movie where she's talking about her art and her artistic expression and what like what are her goals as as an artist and a lot of times she's just like i'm just here to push people's buttons yeah mm-hmm. she even said I'm at one to... point like i'm not the best singer i'm not the best dancer i'm just here to i'm here to get you to think get people talking. and to have a good time yeah. i love that scene with her dad where she's just like dad just tell me like how many tickets you want and it, and it kind of it's one of those great <laughs> humanizing moments that madonna probably really wanted to do for the documentary that you put madonna on this pedestal of that yeah. she's such an icon but madonna still has a relationship with her parents just like we all do like she's all seeking for approval they all like her parent or like i i should say like her her dad and his wife right because she lost her mom in a very early age that she's still sort of like seeking approval for them that yeah. kind of she's Madonna. She does stuff that's promiscuous, but I mean, she wants her dad to see the show, and the show is very um, provocative. Provocative, <laughs> and that conversation I think is really cute. I realize I haven't talked to you in a while, and you know, I hope everything's okay and and everything. But I I have no idea if you guys are coming to the show, what night, blah blah blah, and all that stuff. I don't know. So what's going on? Well, so who wants to come? Huh? And when? And when? Well, whatever, you know. I mean, Dad, I'd love it if you'd come to both shows. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's pretty racy in some sections. I don't know if you could take it two nights in a row. Oh, you're going to have to get racy on me. Dad, I'm not getting racy. I've been racy. I know. Can't you tone it down a bit? What, for you? Yeah. No, because that would be compromising my artistic integrity. Of course. 
you you undress in this performance? No. Okay. Of course I don't. Okay. Well, whatever you guys can get tickets for. Dad, I can get you tickets any night you want to come. Uh, would be great. Uh, Just tell me how many tickets you want. I I love though when the dad's like, "Well, what night? When when can you get me tickets?" And she's yeah, like, I can get you tickets. I'm Madonna. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how many do you want? Been an issue. <laughs> yeah, she's like, come on. Just I just need you to tell me who's coming, how many, and you know, then we'll figure it and out. And like when it. you see her two brothers in the movie, I think that relationship is fascinating. Right. You don't see too much of it, but right. you can tell like, oh, these three have like, there's a lot going on in this family. Well, when she just talks, this when she talks to her father, she mentions somebody going into rehab. Is that the older brother that she's talked that, that she, they're talking about? I wonder. I believe so yeah. because I think that's the older brother who was even in re- more recent years homeless. Oh wow! Okay. And definitely, you know, I think I, I had read that Madonna had put him through rehab. Sure. Yeah, because in the you know she's calling her father, catching up, and she's talking about someone and says how how are they doing. You know, is is he in rehab? Like, how's it going? La di da. And then when we meet the older brother, what's the older brother's name? Um, I forgot. Oh I forgot. Anthony. Anthony. Sounds that sounds right. Um, she says something about like, or he talks about being in rehab, and mm-hmm. then she says something about like, he said he'd rather do the rehab than jail time. So it's like maybe it was you know he wasn't in the right headspace to go to rehab in the first place. And then there's a whole thing about. When she tells the security, like, when he comes, he can bring people, but not an entire entourage. He's going to get crazy. Like, shut it down if there's too many people. So it's like she knows that there's stuff going on with, yeah. with this brother or whatever. And then there's Christopher. Christopher, Christopher. Yeah. And is that her younger brother? And Christopher works the closest with her. Yes, I think right? he's a little younger. I think younger. he's younger. Because yeah. in the photograph... In the family photograph, you could see little baby Madonna on the right, and then there's a younger boy. Yeah. And so I think it's got to be Christopher. Um, and he, yeah, he was working with her on this tour. And you said he wrote a book? Yes, I read the book. Okay. It's pretty riveting. Ooh. What was his official title? Oh, who knows? Oh, gosh. I'm trying yeah. to remember, but like he did a lot on the girly sh- show tour. Like, I mean, he kind of like directed it, choreographed it. Oh, wow. Like, okay. he had sure. a big role. I mean, their relationship, you really get the feeling with it, reading this book. It was just very tumultuous. Um, I mean, he goes over a lot of his hurts and just feeling like he wasn't properly recognized, cons- yeah. you know, compensated for work he did, yeah. raked over the coals at points, Ugh. held a very high standard. <laughs> and I mean, I think from what I understand is they didn't talk for years after that book came out. Oh, wow. Years and years. And they mm-hmm. finally made amends now. Wow. When did when was the book released? It was like 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's good. It's it's like, it's a fast read. I need to sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, what's next? What's next? <laughs> oh, I also wanted to mention my big introduction to Madonna. Um, when I would go home from school, I loved watching the Rosie O'Donnell show. Yes. And Madonna was just sort of, she was always the funnest guest whenever right. she would go on because they worked with each other on League of Their Own and they just had this unique bond with each other and they talk about how it was... Probably the loss of their mother when they were right. kids. Right. That 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 just sort of bonded their relationship on a league of their own, and they just kept up. And yeah. I think they both lost their moms to breast mm-hmm. cancer. Yes. Yeah, I believe so. But she would be really fun when she would come on. Like she would just grab like PA's babies and just like walk on with them. <laughs> of like, who is this little child that Madonna is holding as she's doing this interview? Well, that was a bit she was doing because she had just had. Lourdes. Yep. 
and she was doing a bit like, oh, here's, here's, uh, here I am holding a baby. Here's my baby. Just kidding. It's not my baby. (laughs) But I mean, that's the thing. Like Madonna's public persona in the 80s and the 90s, you know, like we were saying, you know, she's out there to push buttons. When she would go on talk shows and stuff, it was always like a huge event. And her going on Letterman. And like her most recent appearance on Jimmy Fallon. Yes. Is that. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that it doesn't quite go down as well now as it did. I think it did. She was just up to her old tricks. I yeah. thought it was very, like, much Madonna on Letterman. But you know? just, like, Jimmy Fallon just, like, being nervous at his desk, <laughs> talking to Madonna. As he should be. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's my age, <laughs> yeah. so he grew up with her too. Yeah, like it yeah. was, it would, it was different for him than it would have been for Letterman because yes. he he grew up with her also. So it's just like, oh my god, Madonna's on my show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's crawling all over my desk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just that she just always, like I said, she was ubiquitous. She was always around, and. I think there was always backlash for whatever reason. Um, uh, my older sister had a subscription to Sassy. As, I, as, as did I. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it, maybe if it was a review for this movie or something, but I remember reading it and it was just so like mm-hmm. snarky. It was just like, oh, what's wrong with Madonna? I mean, Madonna <laughs> was great. like nominated for Worst Actress at the Razzies. Like, yeah. come on. Like, <laughs> fuck off, Razzies. <laughs> But yeah, like it's like it's reception. While there was good reviews, there was also a lot of bad reviews. Okay, I mean, much like when she made Evita, like right, there right. were the people that loved it, and then there were also the haters. Yeah, well, I mean, I think as like a documentary, as a concert film, as all that stuff, it works really well. I think it's super it, successful. Yeah, it's super mm-hmm. successful, and especially when you look at now and just how far documentaries have come. I mean, yeah. this was the highest grossing documentary. Until Bowling for Columbine in 2002. Wow. wow. Like, okay. for a time when documentaries did not make money. But I think, too, well, A, it's Madonna. And yeah. I think there is also that mystique of, like, what's she going to do? What's gonna, what mm-hmm. is going to be in this movie? Yeah. You know? So I think people just went to go see it to see, like, how are, how are we going to be, like, shocked? Or, you know, what, what kind of behind-the-scenes information are we going to get? And I think you got, you know, I think you got what you paid for and, in 91. And it's also... When you think about it, of just how far reality television has come, that Madonna was on to acting for the camera yes. decades before, <laughs> like, Kris Jenner and the Kardashians. Yeah, true. That, like, she was, like, this was Madonna, but it was just a little heightened for the camera. Yeah, I kind of got that more on this watch, that it, mm-hmm. she was a little more, like, out of the corner of her eye, like, all right. I got that in the scene where she was going off about her headset going like cutting yeah. in and out. It yeah. seemed to me, I mean, I'm sure she was frustrated, yeah. but that that scene for me for some reason struck me as being very like for the cameras. Yes, yeah, yeah. Why have we never done it before? Well, possibly there's something going on in the building that we didn't have it sound. Well, check. I want to do something that, that is going to like check everywhere to make sure this doesn't happen again. Because it happened in Where's the Party? And it happened in... So in, what you don't understand is that there's no way of checking things. It, it, yeah. We can do things in sound check. I have no answer for that. Because if there's something very close to your frequency... On, well, if you don't find an answer key, you can't... I mean, I'm singing a cappella and my fucking headset goes out. And everybody thinks the fucking show is over with. Well, how come it didn't happen to the girls? Because they're on a different, they're all on separate frequencies. So there's so Put me on their fucking frequency and you, you know, I mean, you know. Yeah, I agree. But, um, it's good. It's, it's I was going to say it's good TV. It's good TV. <laughs> it makes for a good scene in a documentary. 
yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this this movie kind of well, the whole this whole Madonna era, but I think this movie really cemented like her, her look in a lot of people's minds. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. whenever you think about Madonna, you immediately go to the Gautier comb bra. And the, the the ponytail and the ponytail, yep. And the mm-hmm. heavily drawn, like the dark eyebrows. Oh, the eyebrows, yeah. Oh and man. Sometimes in your mind, so she's so beautiful. And sometimes in your mind, you <laughs> yeah. you kind of tie in the comb bra with the ponytail. Well, that's the thing. But it, that's not the case. Well, no, she goes back and forth. Yeah. Because in some shots, she's there and she and she has the high pony and she's like doing her prayer circle. And then in other shots, they're showing the, the concert footage and she just has the like loose curls or the really tight curls, depending on how early it is in the show. Mm-hmm. But um, I think she would change it up because when the footage of uh, Like a Virgin... On the velvet sex couch or <laughs> <laughs> the king size bed that they bring into the middle of the stage. In the color footage that we see that plays the whole song, she's got the short curls. But then, like later on, there's other footage of her doing it again. I think it's on the television news footage and she's got the pony. So I think they would just kind of switch it up. Because my other thing too mm-hmm. was like, I think she would just probably commit to one a night. I don't know that, could she have that? Crazy! I was thinking about that too. Good question. In one show, well, I was also curls. Well, I also think that uh, the like a like a virgin song was probably not the night of Toronto. No, that wasn't the night of Toronto. That was probably just at a different show. Yeah, but for all intents and purposes, it's the night of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Due to the miracle of editing, editing. But that's a whole thing with just like concert movies and editing that mm-hmm. you see that a lot in reality tv is you might be presented something yeah like it's a linear story but yeah. in reality they're probably they filmed on different footage. days so that yeah. was another thing that maybe audiences weren't too familiar with at but the time. we are now yeah. we know what is reality really well yeah and that's the thing i think because we watch so much of it we kind of have an eye for it now so like you know there were some every now and then i was like if you didn't see something coming out of somebody's mouth, I don't trust it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, did they loop that? I'm yeah. watching them and I'm like, I feel like they came back in and like had them say that again. Mm-hmm. You know, but if like they would kind of show them from behind or whatever. So I'm like kind of suspicious of all that stuff. But hey, whatever. It's as verite as you're going to get sure. for, <laughs> for the subject matter. But this movie, I feel like, was also kind of eye-opening for people because, again... 1991, her tour has her two backup singers who I love, backup singers and dancers. Um, I had their names up just now. I'm going to find them again. But not only did it have the backup singers, um, Donna DeLore and Nikki Harris, Mm -hmm. uh, but it also has the seven dancers who are featured heavily throughout. And it was just kind of like very matter-of-fact that mm-hmm. these guys, two of them are from the New York drag ball They're scene. They're from the House of Extravaganza. There are two extravaganzas in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other dancers in this movie are uh, six out of the seven are all gay. Whether their outness at the time was is disputed and that's kind of become a an issue with this movie mm-hmm. after the fact. But it was presented in a way that it was just like, these are these people in this show. And it was kind of like... 
I guess you hadn't really seen anything like that. Nope. You know? And Madonna was very, uh, when she, she was like, Madonna, when she had these dancers come on, she was very adamant, I think, of, I want you to be yourself. Yeah. And I think that with gay backup dancers, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, probably for uh, acts like Janet Jackson or Paul Abdul of oh, that, yeah. you're going to be a dancer, but you kind of have to butch it up, butch it up a little bit. <laughs> like, you can't present as too gay yeah, because you don't want to isolate the yeah. audience. But, I mean, once... The music comes on and the choreography mm-hmm. hits in. It's like all oh, that's out the window yeah. because the choreography was very flamboyant, very feminine, very from that like New York drag ball scene where she brought these people from. I remember specifically. I mean, because all these guys are also in the Vogue video, right? Yeah. The official that's Vogue right. video. Yeah. They're all in it, right? And so to me at the time, I just thought, well, this is her like company that she does everything with but when you see this movie and then especially when you see strike a pose the kind of follow-up sequel i guess documentary made in 2015 yeah Mm -hmm. um they just kind of you know once the tour ended it was just like all right that's that that's the end of the tour it was a gig and they kind of all went their separate ways but i remember specifically at the time seeing the vogue video and you know seeing the um holiday you know video on mtv or whatever and just seeing all these guys oh the the vmas the vm the the vogue performance when the she's vogue dressed as marie antoinette VMAs, yeah. all of them are in it mm-hmm. they're yep. all there mm-hmm. i remember specifically um he goes by slam his name is salim uh he's from belgium i think mm-hmm. i remember seeing him at the time as a kid and just being like well he can't be gay because his, he's just so, like, masculine looking. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the time, I was just like, okay, maybe those guys are, but he's just a dancer. You know? And just kind of, like, not knowing, like, I don't know, just my dumb kid self just thinking, well, he's too muscular or tall or whatever. I, it's so weird how you just kind of think about those things. I remember first being pointed out the when I was watching Showgirls once yeah. that Kevin is a notable dancer in Showgirls. Yes. And that kind of blew my mind. He has lines in Showgirls. Yeah, he has lines in Showgirls. I have not seen <laughs> yeah. that since I was in college and I don't remember him yeah. in the movie. Kevin's in yeah. Goddess. He's yeah. the um he's... Kevin's uh half Chinese. Yeah, that yep. guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's in yeah, he's in, in Goddess. Yep. <laughs> and you see Kevin come up a lot in movies that need really good dancers like he's in one of the austin powers movies i think he's in two austin powers two austin he i mean he's probably in the opening number in the first for the first two yeah Mm -hmm. he definitely is and i think they got him back for gold member i think Mm -hmm. but yeah just kind of i think that kevin reached kind of a really kevin kind of reached the pinnacle success for that type of dancer and you know the interview i saw with him and oliver Mm-hmm. And the other guy, what's his name? I can't remember. Um, Kevin talked about how he he's over the years gotten so much, um, so many letters and fan mail from people saying like, "I'm Asian, and you're the first Asian yeah. person I've ever seen like in a movie, and yeah. you know, successful in in the entertainment industry." And I mean, that's something that's still an area where there's there's a lot of room for growth. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, like he's like Scott was saying, he is in he's in uh, the Rent movie. He's in the Birdcage. Uh, he's yeah, Austin Powers. He's in so much stuff, and it's like like yeah, like you were saying, to be a professional dancer. I mean, barring being in like a you know a 
ballet company or something like that. That's probably like, you know, working in videos and yeah. movies and all that. It's probably the height of what you, you know, what you could achieve. Mm-hmm. And they all look really good still to this day. <laughs> they do. Uh, I just followed. I just followed Kevin on Instagram for the other for the ones. Page. Carlton, Louise, and Jose are from the House of Extravaganza. Mm-hmm. Slam and Oliver was the one straight guy that yes. every single moment in Truth or Dare, he was here to remind you that he was not gay. <laughs> he seemed very uncomfortable in points. Yeah, and yeah. that with the scene where they're playing Truth or Dare, he just kind of gets up. He seems really like, upset. This yeah. shit's too much. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. But I mean, like. Oliver would have come from, like, the projects in, like, New Orleans. So imagine being, like, 20 years old. Well, they're all, sort that's of, the thing. They're mm-hmm. all so young. Yeah. Like, okay. When, you know, Madonna talks a lot in this movie about, like, you know, they're my children and I'm this mother figure and, you know, all that. And there's the whole thing of, like, well, maybe I just, like, want to be motherly to them because... Uh, you know, I'm looking for like a motherly figure and, you know, all that. There's all that talk about that. And um, every now and then I'm like, all right, Madonna, you're their mother, whatever. They're like grown ass people. Get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but then I look at it and it's like Kevin was born in 69. Kevin would have Slam been was born in 68. 19 or These 20 kids, when he met They her. would have been like 22 on this tour. And that guy Oliver, you said, is about your age. A couple so years old. He would have been like 18 maybe. Oh. They are children. Like, I, I never realized, you know, when you watch it as a kid or even as an adult, you're just like, okay, whatever. But then when you think about it, even if, you know, 23, that's so young to, like, leave your family and go on a world tour with Madonna, like, the biggest. No pressure. Yeah. And to be so front and center on the tour and the videos and the VMAs and everything, she they really were, like... It was like a band. They was like they were all part of like this group, and so yeah, they really were kids. And you know, for the longest time, I was always like, "Oh my god, I'm done. Shut up, <laughs> the children." But it's like, yeah, okay. No, they. She would have been seeing them as children. I mean, yeah. ten years at that exactly yeah. at that point in life between like tw- being in your early twenties mm-hmm. and your early thirties, it is a big gap. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, even even now, but yeah, for her being probably, you know, in her early 30s, like you said at the time, she was probably just like, oh, my God, these kids. But yeah, very, very interesting that 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 dynamic and just like, you know, these kids out on the road. Like, I think I read something that the um, director was saying that the interviews when they were all in bed with her, that he got those because they would do the shows at night and then go out all night partying in whatever city they were in. And then they would come back to the hotel, go to bed and sleep until the afternoon Mm -hmm. and get up and just do the show again the next night. Yeah. So they didn't really have like daytime hours at all. And then after the show, they were partying. So the only time that he could like get them to, you know, sit down and do any interviews for this movie would just be like right when they're going to go to bed. And wasn't the European release, I mean, I could be wrong, it wasn't called Truth or Dare, it was called In Bed with Madonna? Oh, yes. okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, that makes sense too. Truth or Dare is better. <laughs> I, I think know. so. Mm-hmm. I like it better than that. But um, yeah, but it's like if, you know, if I'm 22 and I'm a, a dancer and I'm on tour with Madonna and I'm in a country I've never been before, even just all over the the U.S., you know, these guys, these guys were so young and most of them probably didn't come from, 
money. You know, money. Yeah. And now they're walking through like Chanel boutiques yeah. and they come out and there's yeah. like flash bulbs in their face and paparazzi. Yeah. They must, it must've been heady. Yeah. Cra- yeah, absolutely. So, and it's interesting that only, you know, like we said, six out of the seven are gay and, you know, this took place at a certain time when you look back sometimes on movies and music or whatever. And, you know, sometimes you look somebody up that was a certain age around this time and you're like, oh, no, they're not with us anymore. Oh, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the only one that actually did pass away um, that had that was HIV positive was Gabriel. Mm-hmm. And he's not really featured that much in this movie. Just a little bit. I mean, the big scene is the kissing scene for the truth or dare. Yes. And that was a big issue for that dancer. That yeah. Sort of his exposure from that kiss was just too much for him. And wasn't that what generated the lawsuit? Like that was yeah. part of it. It was like they were told in the contract, like if, if there's a scene that you don't want, mm-hmm. you will have the right to ask for it to be taken out. And I, I, I think I heard in the interview that I was referencing with you guys mm-hmm. that um, he hadn't been out to his family. So right. that was why yeah, it was yeah. a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate that there, you know, that there was this lawsuit afterwards. Um, and I know, and I think that with Oliver and Kevin, because they were also um, part of the suit, part of the suit, I think with them it was payment. Of not being compensated mm. for being in the movie because I think that they may have had conversations with Madonna that she was like, oh, you'll get paid for being in this movie and it never happened. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you think like, why not? Like, I'm sure yeah. it generated so much money. She has so much money. Why was that withheld? Um, yeah. And or if, you know, if they did have to, like, take it all the way to, like, a lawsuit why not just like set, just be like, all right, I'll just we'll just pay you. <laughs> well, I think, that, and they did end up settling, it yeah, too. So mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah, so but that's all covered in Strike a Pose, so you can go watch that on Tubi. It's on Tubi. We just <laughs> it's the it's mm-hmm. on Tubi with uh, it's free, but there's commercials. <laughs> but you can go watch that if you if you have that app. But I mean, so yeah, so this movie it. It was very kind of groundbreaking in its portrayal of, you know, these gay people in, in the 90s. And um, they didn't really touch upon, you know, like, did they really touch upon, like, like AIDS or anything like that in the movie? They did because she's talking about... Um, Keith Haring. Keith Haring. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And friends dying. And I mm-hmm. think didn't, like, best John... Pa- but Basquiat was one yeah. of her friends, and didn't he die of AIDS too? Um, or did he? Or was it a drug over? We'll check that. I think he might have. I think he might have OD. Okay. <laughs> because she, uh, yeah, she she dated Basquiat for a while, but um, yeah, she. It's funny because there's uh, the scene that you were mentioning with the sound problems is uh, an LA show, and um, the footage from after that show is crazy. Because it's just like every shot is just like some random person. She's just like uh, here, um, uh, Jean Paul Gaultier. This is Al Pacino. Nice <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> You're like, what is going on? <laughs> and then there's the infamous uh, interaction with Kevin Costner. Oh my gosh, Kevin Costner! <laughs> just looking like your dad. Yeah. Trying to be cool, <laughs> going back to meet Madonna and says her show is neat. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, awkward. 
But I love too that she's just like, all right. Once she hears that, she's just like, all right, cool. Well, see you later. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> she just doesn't really have any more time for him. After and that. then, and then, kind of does the finger in the mouth motion, like yeah. gagging. Yeah. And like she fully knows this is on camera. Like this well, is going to get yeah. back to him. Yeah. But not, but Madonna does not give a shit. She, she does care. not give she a does shit. Not, she gives zero fucks. <laughs> but you know that's got to be such a weird thing. Like if you're. A musician or whatever, and you're playing a show in L.A., and then they're like, well, it's the L.A. show, so everybody's going to want to come backstage and meet you. And it's just like, but I don't know these people. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Just Like, we have to – I have to, like, shake hands with these people because, like, we're all celebrities. And kind like, of going off that, one of Madonna's big gripes about the L.A. shows is that when they put industry people in, like, the front three rows. Yeah. So she just says that it's a lot of – Serious-looking people with their arms crossed, not looking like they're having fun. Yeah. I love that she... Well, yep. that was a little bit more diplomatic. She says, like, three, like, old fat asses or something. Yeah, she did say fat asses. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh, my God. So they all, they all look like William Morris agents mm-hmm. in the front row. I love her uh, just little kind of, like, not ticks, but just little things that she has. This throat spray. Yeah. yeah, what was that all about? <laughs> to relax her vocal cords? Yeah, or maybe just like camphor, I don't know, <laughs> like some weird, you know. Well, there's that one scene where you're like, oh my God, like you're expecting her she, yeah. to stop and you're like, there's more spray she and more spray. Keeps and going. More spray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's Banaka. It's not Banaka. That would be terrible if it was just like alcohol and so, spray. Kind of these little Madonna-isms that are in this movie. Do you think that it was her saying that, you know what would be funny? If I was eating something in like every other scene of this movie, I'm going to have some sort of soup out mm-hmm. of this giant terrine <laughs> that would feed like a table of six. Just I'll just eat my soup right out of it with a huge spoon <laughs> while, while my while we're bleaching my roots. Yeah. But that's the intimate portrait of Madonna that you want to see. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that the lifetime like behind the music? Wasn't the, the, they called intimate portraits? Oh, I think so, yeah. I think, yeah. Oh, I loved now. Behind the Music. I miss <laughs> Behind the Music. I know. I think it's back on the Paramount Network. I think there's a couple of new ones, but they're weird. Mm-hmm. It's like J-Lo. I'm like, all right, I'll watch the J-Lo one, I guess. <laughs> was there ever a Madonna Behind the Music? I'm sure there was. There I'm pretty sure been. there was. Yeah. It was around the Ray of Light time, I okay. mean, when it came out. Yeah. I guess that we just got Madonna Rising, which we talked about in <laughs> our Best Friends Wedding episode. I cut it. I cut it in there somewhere with yes. her, her and Rupert Everett. Are you familiar with Madonna Rising? No. So Madonna Rising, around the time Ray of Light came out, I think it was on VH1. It was on VH1. And she was driving around the village in New York with Rupert Everett. I did see and that. And she was yeah. going to her old uh, places where she used to live, all the bodegas that she would go. They and, ate uh, Indian food at one food. point. Yes. <laughs> yes and she did. would just be like barging into these apartments <laughs> and just being like... What's up, guys? It's Just, me. It's me, Madonna. <laughs> I'm and back. And it's this 98 Madonna, which I love. And you get the fake British accent. Well... But like, but I, that, but that's just a part of Madonna that I love. Like, I love all that bullshit. Affected Madonna. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the British accent seems to be gone now. I think so. Yes, mm-hmm. I think so. Now it's just you know, S and M like pants again. I don't, I don't know. She's sassy. Like, She's kind of going back to her yes. like. Who's that girl era almost like yeah. a little like gum snapping like mm-hmm. sassy? 
Yeah. But I also saw, like, especially in the, the Fallon interview, I also saw, like, the Letterman interview with, like, the black hair parted down the middle, like the Mo from the Three Stooges haircut, you know, and, like, a big cigar. Like, mm. just kind of, like, too cool for, for the room or whatever. But I don't know. She she can get away with it. She's Madonna. <laughs> So, all right, yeah, there's like there's just super iconic scenes that I feel like everybody just kind of remembers the you know Kevin Costner, of course, um talking on the phone with her dad uh there's I mean it's a touching scene when she goes to the cemetery when she's in I when, don't know why I remember it being at the end of the movie, but it's in the middle of it, it's smack in the middle of I thought the, I just assumed that that's where we're gonna finish it. Yeah, but no, we've we, the movie finishes on the last song of the tour. But yes. yeah, she fully goes to the cemetery like midway through. I always remember the part where she's laying there and she says, "I want to. I'm going to get buried here, right next to you, sideways, <laughs> in between." I always laughed at that. I always thought that was kind of funny. But it's so interesting because, like, you know, the brother who's on tour with her goes with her to the cemetery, but like only Madonna can go up. She's just kind of standing <laughs> exactly. under that tree, yeah. like, look, gazing at her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to wonder, was he like, no, no, you go ahead. I'll just stand here. Or was she like, you can't come? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the director was just like, you guys can, you know, pay respects to whatever you want. But for the shot, it'll be just her. Probably. No, nobody wants to see Christopher at the kneel- kneeling down with her <laughs> next to her. I don't know. I think maybe nowadays it would they would bring him in. But for this one, he was, yeah. Pensive off to the side, look, just, just watching. Yeah. Um, but it's like, t- it's his mom too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about Warren Beatty. She, uh, I don't remember which came first. Did she meet Warren Beatty on? I'm uh, pretty yeah, sure. On Dick Tracy. Because mm-hmm. not only did he star in this movie, but it was like this big passion project for him for whatever reason Mm -hmm. he directs you know uh this comic book movie dick tracy about like a 1920s or 1930s like sunday funnies comic i mean he was i mean it was them capitalizing off of the success of batman in 89 yes and warren had to make this live action dick tracy movie it's visually so cool i thought it's very really cool visually it is it's Mm -hmm. like these bright colors you know he decided to use this like comic book color palette and all of that and he did really interesting stuff with the makeup of these characters to make them look like their comic strip counterparts but dick tracy was i mean it was definitely in the 90s a completely dated comic i don't it doesn't have the staying power even for the time batman Mm -hmm. or whatever but it's just you know warren Beatty is an old dude so it's probably something from his childhood, right? So I'm guessing he just hires Madonna, brings her in for this role. Breathless Mahoney. Mahoney. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, she doesn't really have a big role in the movie, but she's in it. And she releases the album, I'm Breathless. Love this title. And Was it songs from and inspired, inspired by, by the motion picture Dick Tracy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which Vogue. Sure. <laughs> Why not? I don't know how that's inspired <laughs> by Dick Tracy at all, but it's on this album. Um, so they famously start dating. And Warren Beatty at this point is in his 50s, like 
probably, right? Mid 50s, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. And she's in her 30s, early to mid 30s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, 20 not, years. I mean, not that shocking not of an that age difference. Crazy, mm-hmm. But, you know, still an age difference. And he's in his 50s and he's Warren Beatty. So he, and it's the 90s, so he comes from like a different era, right? Somebody in their 50s. And also, I mean, just Warren Beatty, who had a reputation of being a womanizer. Too yes. that like Carly Simon's "You're So Vain" <laughs> was famously written after Warren maybe, Beatty. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I think that I think that Carly Simon has confirmed it's that been, too. It's been myth busted. All right, <laughs> or confirmed. All right. Yep. Cool. Um. Yeah, but so so this is like a famous kind of like Hollywood romance. Well, I mean, she would have just on. been coming off of her relationship with Sean Penn too. Yeah. Who she was married to. When did when did they? I think Split. they divorced like they in, been... like, 89. Oh, wow. I thought it was, like, a couple of years before that. Oh, interesting. But, um, so Warren is begrudgingly in this movie. And his scenes are, I don't know. I think it's kind of funny. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I think he was, like, kind of out of his depth with, with her in a yes, way. Like absolutely. She was, like, his female counterpart. I don't think, you know, and so right. ballsy and yeah. out there about it. Um, I think he was just like, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you could tell that he was just not that willing to be kind of in the public eye as she was at this point in her career. And I think he was just like, sure, I'll be there, but I'm not really going to say much. And when he does say much, he's kind of making fun of her. He's making fun of her or he's off screen getting yelled at over the phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then he just kind of disappears. So it's like, I don't know. She does say, though, at one point that she gets sick and, I don't know, did they cancel some shows or something mm-hmm. happens? The doctor's like, yeah. and they had to cancel shows, yeah. Well, when she can't talk and she has to write everything down. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was just a very sitcom kind of thing to happen. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like a little chalkboard or something, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> but which they never do. They never kind of show her doing that, which, I don't know, they just didn't have time or whatever. But. I'm glad that they don't have anything on camera of her being nasty to her assistants. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. The scene, though, that did get me was, you know, when she says to the makeup artist, you know, you're the kind of girl I used to beat up. And yeah. Like, she's yeah. not saying anything. And then later, the whole rape thing. That's, yeah. That scene is crazy. It's it's really crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because this girl is telling the story about getting roofied, essentially, waking up back in her hotel room things are stolen and the response is pretty much like wow that's crazy yeah and, and very it, explicit yeah. saying mm-hmm. like my my butt was bleeding yeah. like a very in no uncertain terms no. explaining what happened yeah. to her and the and yeah exactly like scott said the reaction is wow that's crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody and madonna laughs yeah it's like a nervous laugh it's, yeah but and she apologized. I mean, she's not to the girl's face. The girl's not there, thank God. And she kind of was like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. But she did, you know. And then there was that one shot where it's like a Madonna saying the prayer. Yeah. But the camera focuses on her and her head is just kind of like, yeah, she, she seems kind of lost. She's like she's back. on the fringe yeah. in the back. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you someone needs to take care yeah, of you. Yeah. Because Madonna's talking about like, we need to have each other's backs and we need to watch out for each other and all this stuff. And then they just cut to her and she's just kind of like, oh. <laughs> no one's got my back. Yeah. No one. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, like, I'm never going to go out again alone. Uh, I'm going to go out with you two from now on to the backup singers. And they're both like, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> just like, damn. Damn. This is crazy. Yeah. 
So, I mean, different times, there's a lot of language in this movie that you couldn't get away with. Some things that we were saying that, like, well, that phone call would never make it on in a movie. Today. Oh, yeah. Or, like, the star. We it was this. They were oh, reading the, the star, and, and mm-hmm. she quote, yeah. quoted stars saying, like, and she doesn't care that he's black. Yeah. You know, she's just, <laughs> and it's just like, wow, that would never fly <laughs> now. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So crazy. That that article was nuts because it was linking her to Oliver, the one straight guy. But it misnamed but Oliver a slam. Called him slam, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Oliver prominently featured in this movie. Prominently featured. That he's yeah, kind heavily. of the main backup dancer that you see the most of. Yes, he gets the most, like, one-on-one talking head time and i almost feel like like was that like a director or a producer's decision of that this is the one straight dancer so i feel like this is the one that we can show the most on camera and maybe he'll be a little more accessible to the audience well you know it's interesting because i'm thinking because there's so much concert footage so i'm thinking wow you know this concert is provocative it's like i mean there's over the top and there's a full setup in costume change for almost every single number. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, but but I'm thinking the um the choreography is so like over the top like feminine and like these dancers are very clearly like gay and doing these very like you know like um, especially for the like a virgin number. Yeah, doing all this crazy stuff and I'm thinking what are these like straight men in the audience thinking? But then I'm like, well it's a Madonna show. So it's either like dads or boyfriends. Or husbands, you know, that you know that are just there. That's just like, yeah, okay, it's Madonna, whatever. She's, I know the songs because they're all always on. But those Dad, men are not dads, going. boyfriends, or gay men. Well, yeah, or gay yeah. Men, yeah, yeah. I was gonna mm-hmm. say that those those are the people that are going to be thinking, well, what's going on? Everybody else is there to see it. Everybody else are gay men, you know, and women that are there to see that specifically. So they don't care because that's that's the Madonna that they love. And so I'm thinking about the audience for this movie too. That maybe the studio execs are like, well, we got to like have somebody to make it more accessible. But probably the men that went to pay to see this movie in the theater were probably all gay guys. Yeah. And then, you know. The husbands and boyfriends. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if along. they shot stuff with the other dancers and they just didn't use it. I don't yeah. know. Or was it, you know, he does sort of set up the t- a certain tension. It's like mm-hmm. by being, you know, new to this world and even maybe a little homophobic, yeah. he represents... He sort of represents the audience. The audience. Yeah. And Madonna yeah. was executive producer on this. So I wonder how much of a decision, like she sure. wanted to highlight and like, underline his discomfort yeah to mm-hmm. just sort of pull the mirror up to the rest of society yeah 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 totally and as we know from watching the real world and the real housewives if you're not giving them a storyline then you're not going to be heavily featured exactly so maybe yep. if some of the other ones were just like i'm going to bed mm-hmm. <laughs> like then they're not gonna you know he wasn't sticking they weren't sticking around when they were rolling the cameras around madonna yeah so if he yeah if he was being a little bit more vocal about you know his about the tensions or whatever and you know they do show the rest of them going off to like a a pride parade you know, and, and he's not there with them and, and all of that. And then after that, they were kind of really like, ta- you know, kind of like tearing him down. Do you yeah. think it was because he didn't go with them and they were just like, you suck? Yeah, probably. Madonna had to take him <laughs> aside and say, you need to quit bullying him. Well, that was mm-hmm. the thing. I, that was my question because she comes in and she's like, because that's 
it's presented as if it's after they're reading this article from the star or whatever. Yeah. Who knows? Could have been then. Could have been some another time. But so she comes in and says, like, leave him alone or whatever because, you know, this article, the star came out and he's like sensitive about it. But then when she's talking to him kind of one on one, it's a weird kind of vibe because I don't know if she's like angry with him, if he's angry with her. Like, I couldn't kind of get a feel for this conversation. I mean, I guess her. I think she was apologizing. I think for her, she's just like, you know. I'm the most famous person in the world. Yeah. You are surrounded by me. And yeah. this is sort of the life that I leave. This is what the paper, the the star. The paper? The paper. Yeah. This is what, this is the type of thing that ends up in the star a lot. Yeah. So you just so need don't worry to yeah. buck it up yeah. and get used to it. Yeah. Because it's an interesting don't take it so personal. Yeah. And yeah. I think he kind of, because it almost felt like towards the end of the conversation, she was like, Kind of not dismissive of him, but a little like, all right, shut up now. And he mm-hmm. seemed kind of pissed. Yeah, that's why I don't get it because I'm like, he, he's well, she kind of gives him at the end of that, uh, of that, she kind of gives him, don't give me any attitude because yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yeah. be featuring it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's just mad about it. But you're right. I think she was just like, dude, this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. She's linked to you know, be flattered that you're linked with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> yeah, she would get you know she would get in the in the paper all the time with with different different suitors. Um, we get Sandra Bernhard. Yay! <laughs> I kind of hope I, I kind of want Debbie to show up in this movie, but she never does. But we get Sandra, friend of Madonna, Debbie Mazar, friend of Madonna. I mean, Debbie has known Madonna since the beginning, since she moved to New York. Yes. We follow Debbie Mazar on Instagram, and, like, she, like, posted this big thing for Lourdes just had a birthday. So she posted all these pictures of Lourdes, and she's like, I've been with you since the beginning, kiddo. And I'm just like, oh, Aunt Debbie, no. that's so cool. I think she was at Madonna's birthday party this year, because I follow oh, Madonna okay. on Instagram, oh. and I'm pretty sure I saw her at the, this, like, crazy birthday party. Wow. That would be fun. Madonna's- I mean, even if it's her, like, 63rd. Third birthday. Oh, we, sh- we need to. We need to. I'll party. pull it up. We need Madonna's to pull this Instagram, up and check it out. Madonna's Instagram is out of control, and one of those reminders that Madonna does operate her social media. She does herself. So, right? Like you can just sort of tell. Oh yeah, this yeah. is a Madonna post. This is not an assistant. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's funny. Well, yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to check out this party. Um, Debbie Mazar. Her daughters are beautiful. Oh really? Her daughters are stunning. Yeah, they've they have, got those Debbie Mazar yeah, blue they eyes. They have those those yeah. Debbie those well, Debbie eyes. And her husband is uh, an Italian race car driver, like from Italy, mm-hmm. and he also has like bright blue they eyes. Write, like um, her. They write and they're beautiful. He's cooking. beautiful. They like, write cooking the whole books with family. Each other. Like, yep. He's he's crazy beautiful. Like it's Debbie Mazar, obviously, and then her two daughters are just like, oh my lord, this family, get out of here. But um, she is not featured in this movie. But Sandra is. Do you? Scott asked me this question the other day. Do you think that Sandra Bernhardt and Madonna still talk? I don't know why not. I hope so. I hope that they're at least like text message buddies. I heard. I seem to recall hearing they had a falling out. Oh no! I don't think they do. Sure. But I don't know. Yeah, but who knows? (laughs) Sandra Bernhardt is one of those '90s personalities that was just like. Kind of like a Madonna, outspoken, you know. Um, it's just so interesting to say and to hear yourself saying in, like, 2021 that, like, 
to to uh, to qualify it like for a woman, right? You know what I mean, right? Like she was like outspoken and body and this mm-hmm. and that, and it's like she was a a stand up comic, a performance artist, a model, a comedian, all of these things. Um, but I think she was most well known for just having kind of like a mouth on her. Really, you know? she didn't acquiesce to yeah. societal expectations of how yeah. a woman should act. Yes, and I think. Her and Madonna, there's footage of it I've seen. They're on some talk show. Is it David Letterman? And they're just like, the two of them are like bantering <laughs> and they're just going off and yeah. they don't care, yeah. you know, how how it's coming across. I wonder if it's Arsenio. I think it is. It might be Arsenio. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. We also like watching Rosie and, and Madonna on Arsenio. Yep. That's a funny one too. Um, but yeah, I feel like I remember, I remember that. Because Arsenio got like good guys. Like he got um, like... The cool guest. Letterman would get Madonna. His Madonna solo interview is really good. Arsenio? It's mm-hmm. just him and her? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's just Madonna probably likes uh, women like Sandra because she can just sort of keep up with her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's probably... I mean, it must be kind of an... I mean, it's probably cliche to say, but it's like probably an isolating kind of life. To mm-hmm. be somebody like Madonna, yeah. you know, you're surrounded by all these people. It's hard to relate to people. How do you relate yep. to everyone? They always want something from you. Yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of which. Oh, we need to talk Ma- about the... Maureen. We need to talk about the childhood friend. So I completely <laughs> yeah, that forgot. that was so I bizarre. Completely forg- I forgot about this character so when bad. revisiting this movie. <laughs> yeah. And when you see those scenes of her... Okay. It's not that bad. I, I was getting flashbacks. It doesn't, it doesn't of get into like cousin Vicky, cousin Vicky territory from Anna the Anna Nicole Smith show. No, this woman has all of her teeth. Thankfully, yeah. Um, what was I think her name's Maureen or Marion or something like that. She's just Madonna's kind of talking about. Are they just talking about their youth or something? Childhood, like, friends, childhood friends that um, I mean they've known each other since they were like in kindergarten. And we cut to this woman in a hotel room, mm-hmm. and it's. I don't know. It's cut, cut to this woman with her kids running around this hotel room. Yeah. And she's talking about just sort of her relationship growing up with Madonna. And then though asking Madonna to be that telling Madonna that she's pregnant and asking her to be godmother to her child what threw me was you kind of got the impression it's not like she's not like Sandra Bernhard or Debbie Mazar to Madonna. It's not <laughs> right, like they've been yeah. close. Yeah. It's like, she's been out of the picture. She's just kind of like, Oh, it's been so long. But and yet you, she's asking her to be godmother to her child. And yes. you don't know what the circumstances of her at this concert, who reached out to who does she reach out to Madonna's people? Well, I wasn't and even getting, was she at the her? show? I, didn't I even think know. that she's at the show yeah, okay. because she mentioned that okay. she dedicated a song to her. Oh, okay. So I don't know like who reached out to who, and then yeah. they comped her these tickets. Yeah. And then... Well, the the conversation is crazy, too, because they're just talking, oh, it's been years, you know, la-di-da, nice to see you, la-la-la. And then she's just like, I need you to sit down. I have to talk to you about I have to ask you something. And, you can, and immediately and you, Madonna's like, kill it just clicks. I have to ask you something. And she's like, ugh. oh, I can't sit down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time. Yeah, yeah. I cannot sit. Because I think at this point, she's just like... Oh, what's she going to ask me? You know, mm-hmm. how much, you know, where, <laughs> cause it's like, you probably get hit up a lot from the weird family members coming out of the woodwork and childhood friends and all that. And then she starts crying, remembering Madonna's mom's passing. Yes. But I, I'm kind of like, 
are the tears over that or are the tears over the fact that you really deep down know Madonna was just like, bye. Yeah. (laughs) And it didn't go, the interaction didn't go the way you planned. That's what was kind of my read. And you put yourself in Madonna's situation of that if this this woman that you grew up with and you haven't spoken to in decades asks you to be her, the godmother to her unborn child, is Madonna just being like, I don't want to have to deal with this yeah. shit. Because at first, <laughs> as we're watching the movie, I'm sitting there going, just ado- just baptize this chick's baby. Who cares, Madonna? But then as we're talking about it, we're like, but then she's going to be on the hook as this baby's yeah. godmother forever, you know? So, And then it's going to be that thing where it's like, oh, your godmother, Madonna, like only sent you like a t-shirt from target you know? <laughs> like, you, because that's the thing when she, when the woman first says like i need you to sit down i have something to ask you then you're like what is it then she comes out with do you remember the letters i wrote you yeah you're like oh what uh. is it what was in the letters and then she starts saying you know i have four boys and you know i asked you a long time ago to you know to baptize my boys and and do you remember and madonna's like of course I remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when she comes out with, okay, well, I'm pregnant again. And I really want a girl. I really want it to be a girl. And, you know, I want you to, you know, be pray over my belly. And, pray <laughs> and we're going to name it Madonna. And we're going to name it Madonna. And all this. And that's when she's like, all, all right, I got to, I got to hit the, hit the dusty trail. I got you know and it just it just gets more and more and it's you know like i was saying she's not asking for money Mm -hmm. she's not saying like bail my husband out of jail she's just saying baptize my baby but at the same time that's a big it's a it's a personal connection with someone that you might not want to be tied to for the rest of their lives and then like the con like you know she asked madonna to pray over her Mm -hmm. or whatever bless it or like you know so that she has a girl yeah and then talking about madonna's mom and saying like she was the closest thing to god like i would pray to her pray to her to madonna's mother oh boy (laughs) and you were five when she died so like i was just kind of getting single white female vibes from this woman after a while absolutely yeah because when she started talking about that i was like but weren't they small, small children? Small children don't have this. If one of my friend's parents died when I was five, I don't think that would register at all for me. No. You know, even if it was your neighbor or whatever, maybe later on. But yeah, it just kind of seemed a little, a little off. And then you see this woman and you're just like, like Scott was mentioning, Cousin Vicky on uh, the old Anna Nicole Smith reality show. They hauled out this cousin of hers, and this girl had seen better days. No teeth. Oh, wow. Fully, like, singing 30s. Singing Christmas carols naked in her her jacuzzi. Just getting completely drunk, you know, and Nicole's house. Just craziness. And and like, okay, Cousin Vicky looked wild. She looked crazy, you know. But this woman, it's like, she's a mom. She's got her kids. Yeah, she just looked like a normal mom from 1990. But then you're just Mm -hmm. like, oh, boy. Right. And it also just kind of makes you think about kind of these giant celebrities like Madonna, Brad Pitt, Michael Jackson, that they would have had to have had sort of relationships with people when they were younger, way before they knew that they were famous. That those people are just sort of holding on to these memories now of these people and have probably created an entirely fictional relationship with them in their mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is who this person is 
to me. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, even even the other brother, the one that doesn't work with her, the one that looks like Aiden Quinn. Sounds like Aiden Quinn. Sounds like Aiden yep. Quinn, too. I think I said that when we were watching it. Yes. He was saying that, you know, he has, like, friends or acquaintances that will be, give him a hard time when they find out that he's Madonna's brother. And it's just like, well, she can't employ her entire family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she what is she going to buy mansions for everybody? It's like, if your sister is Madonna, I mean, you can still you know, live a normal, you know, modest life. But it's like, if you tell somebody in the eighties, my sister's Madonna, they're going to be like, and you drive that, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. I can see where people would come to him and be like, well, that's weird. If your sister's the biggest pop star on the planet. And you'd yeah. feel like you were under a microscope and yeah. being held to some standard that, I mean, honestly, who could live up to that? Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? absolutely. You know? So, and that's her own family members, you know? So, to say, like, some girl that grew up on her block, yeah, like Scott said, you just completely make up a weird... <laughs> you know, maybe they were, you know, uh, good friends at one point. And Madonna tells these stories, these exaggerated stories of we were in the bed together and blah, blah, blah. We weren't wearing any clothes. Mm-hmm. And, and the girl's going... It's funny the way they cut it back and forth of Madonna telling the story and then clearly them recounting what Madonna has said back to Maureen. And she's just like, well, I don't remember that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we're talking as we're watching it, how much of this is, do you think is real? But again, Madonna's just, you know, playing it up for the camera. She's a storyteller. Yeah. The truth, I think you said it, Scott, is probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. 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 So do we want to talk a little bit about when Madonna meets pedro and antonio because that scene is insane like i don't know what's going through madonna's mind of that we're going to this party with pedro omadovar cool art house director from spain and the hottest man in the world 1990 yeah antonio banderas was she just like i'm just gonna hook up with this guy and fuck him like and we're just gonna get it all on camera and oh his wife is in the room and his wife looked like she was playing it off, like not a big deal, throwing yeah, kisses. But yeah. her eyes looked mad. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> Antonio got like mad. a good. A, totally. an, Antonio yeah. on the way back to their hotel in the car got a good like mouthful from that one. Oh, well, I bet Madonna <laughs> did say that Antonio told her this is Spain. Sure, doesn't matter, you know. But um, okay, so in the nineties when this comes out, I'm a kid. I don't know from. Pedro Almodovar movies, right? He has already been making movies at this point. What was his big one where he played Get Laws of Desire uh-huh. with Antonio with uh, with Pedro? Almodovar? Are these in the nineties? Are these in the late eighties? I think 80s? that's in the late eighties. Because I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I don't really have a feel sure. for what the like hip indie movie scene is like, but I think that's kind of like Madonna's on top of it. Like she mm-hmm. does know what's cool, you yeah. know. And she was like, "We're in Spain." I'm going to go to an Almodovar party and I'm going to meet his muse, Antonio Banderas. So at that time, that I don't think that had crossed over here at all. Like, no. I don't think anybody in the States You're, knew or cared. Anyone buying were. a ticket to this movie no. wouldn't have known who these two people yeah. were in 91. Was, was Antonio's big American cro- like breakthrough um, El Mariachi? Had to have been. Um not Zaro, the mask of Zaro. No, that no, was later. Not yeah. That was later. Yeah. Um, and uh Law Law of Desire was from eighty seven. Uh-huh. Too. When mm-hmm. when was uh El Mariachi? Oh, the on. American one. I'm on Pedro Omodovar's uh Okay. IMDb. We'll, hold we'll on. look that up because uh, 
yeah, he kind of broke out with that, with like the American remake, um, with Salma. And that was, yeah, that was probably, oh my God, Original Sin with Angelina Jolie. I saw that in the theater. Why? But that was like 2001, though. I know. I'm just saying. I'm going through the IMDb and I'm seeing all Oh, these. I mean, I feel like it would have been Philadelphia would have really broke him. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. He was in the House of the Spirits. No one talks about that movie with uh, Meryl Streep and Glenn. But I feel like right. uh, Philadelphia would have broke him. 93. And then Interview with the Vampire came out in 94. Right. And then Desperado was 95. 95. Yeah. So in 9091, he was not on the radar of, like, American. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And I forget that he went on to star in Avita with her. That's right. I completely forgot <sighs> oh, about that. Man, yeah. How about that? Yeah. But that party situation is crazy. But I mean, yeah, like I said, to what I took away from it was that she was very kind of like, I think she did have her finger on the pulse of like, yeah, you know, what was cool, what was upcoming, you know, um, because, yeah, she was, like, a pop star. She wasn't really doing anything, like, avant-garde, like, in the music world, but as just kind of, like, a celebrity and a personality. She does have avant-garde music taste, too. I feel yeah. like I've read articles. Like, she does have her finger on the pulse. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was that was, that was was really cool, and that's kind of what I took away from it. But I do remember that that was something, uh, you know, in, like reviews of this movie that that scene in particular would get called out just like the gall of this woman to go to this party and you know and it's been sort of discussed recently in the past year that i think it was pedro said it in an interview when they showed up at this party they tried they they told both of them this is just a personal thing like don't worry about it so they didn't really have a context of what it was but it was just sort of personal concert diary like don't worry about it like and nothing, ends up being nothing's going to be came with it, and then it became truth or dare. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're at a, if you're at an industry party and Madonna walks in with the film crew, you're not going to announce to the entire party, "I'm I'm filming this documentary, Act Natural." <laughs> <laughs> but if you see her there with the film crew, you kind of think, "Well, I don't know. We have a different mindset today of mm-hmm. seeing people walking around with film crews." I guess. But yeah, maybe at the time you're just like, all right, whatever. They're just making something little. But I don't think they ever really made anything of it. I don't think Almodovar and Antonio Banderas were ever like scandalized, right? Um, <clears throat> I'll have to go back and read that interview. Yeah. Kind of to change gears to just Madonna in general. That kind of – this is a documentary, but mm-hmm. I think that Madonna's acting career is very fascinating. Because Madonna's somebody that she's been acting since the 80s. Uh-huh. I mean, Desperately Seeking Susan, Who's That Girl, those were both released in the late 80s. But there's something about Madonna on film that has never really landed completely. Mm-hmm. Like, she got close to it with Evita. Evita, she got I a Golden Globe, she was good in Evita, But yeah. Evita was also, the reception for Evita was very, very mixed when it came out. And she was probably very, she was probably not close to that Oscar nomination. So it's one of those things that she's always been in movies, but they always haven't been received all that well. What's kind of your favorite Madonna movie or like anything that like stands out as one of your favorites? Because there's a lot of bad movies. <laughs> I mean, I think she's great in Desperately Seeking Susan, but yeah. I mean, she's you just get the feeling you're watching Madonna. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I liked her in Evita. Mm-hmm. I liked Evita mm-hmm. and her singing in it. I know a lot of people were not so happy about the fact that they didn't and I understand this, like actually hire a like a Latin woman. A Latin yeah. woman Even to play for the time, Evita. In ninety six that was discussed. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I, I liked Evita. But yeah, in a lot of her movies she comes across a little wooden to me or yeah. I didn't feel that really about Evita. I think she did. I did that she did come through in Evita. Um, I'm trying to think of what are some of the, oh, I mean, body of evidence. Oh boy. <laughs> I've never seen body of evidence. I think that she's really well used in a league of their own, but she's not in a lot of it though. Right. Oh, I, I, she is so good in a league she's of, good their, in own. A league of yeah. their own. Yeah. And I didn't find out until recently in the past, like six months that Deborah Winger was cast as the lead and she refused to take it because Madonna was really? cast. Deborah Which Winger so was weird. supposed to be like, what is the Gina like, Davis role. I don't and understand. they just didn't get along, and she didn't want to make it. Yeah, was it just like a weird puritanical, like, oh, that woman is just a a, a harlot? <laughs> or was just, it like she thought that, okay, it's not going to be a serious movie if yeah, Madonna's in it? Yeah. Or she'll try to upstage me somehow? I don't know. Yeah, it's a very interesting stance to take, or hill to die on, or whatever, but... We got Gina Davis, and she's great in it. Yeah, I love so, her own. Oh, yeah. I love that Such, movie, Such, like, too. a great comfort yeah. movie. yeah. We gotta do that movie on the, on this show soon. We will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like sort of the last foray Madonna's made into movies was that movie W E that she just directed, but she didn't actually. She was it, not yeah. in it. Was that the one about Wallace Simpson? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. How was that? I didn't see it. I did not see it. Yeah, either. None of us I, I like the song that she made for it, masterpiece <laughs> that was on MDMA. Um, I did not see the movie. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I kind of hope that Madonna has a few more bad movies left in her. <laughs> what was the one There's with Rupert time. Everett? The Next Best no, Thing. The Next Best, Best thing. thing. That's a bad movie. That movie is <laughs> awful. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Um, I like the music that she does for movies. Yeah, and she's even never has gotten a nomination for any of the songs that she's done. I'll Remember from With Honors is mm-hmm. one of my favorite Madonna songs. Yeah. Um, her song Beautiful Stranger from The Spy Who Shagged Me rocks. Um, but yeah, and she's just never gotten Live that. To tell. Oh, she's yeah. just never yeah. really gotten that respect from the industry when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. And I bet that just like pisses her off. That she's never cracked it. Well, the whole Bist original song thing is, as we know, is yeah, kind of a mess. That's kind of a... It's a mess. That's like a hot mess of a yeah. music branch. It's a really like, hard mm-hmm. uh, category of the Academy Awards to break because there's the rules are very strict. The rules are very song. strict, and I think that there's a lot of old square voters voting on all of those movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Plus, we talk about this a lot, Scott, you and I, just kind of in our personal life, in that there aren't any, like, movies don't have pop theme songs anymore. No, not like they like used they to. Like they did in the 80s and the 90s. And then you have the freeze frame at the end, yes. like, very dramatic, like. Yeah. I mean, Top Gun, mm-hmm. get out of here. Is it Take My Breath Away? Take My Breath Away. I've had the time of my life. Yeah. Dirty Dancing had a time of your life. Um, you Danger know. Zone from Top Gun. Danger Zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Um, but I mean, it's like the the time of like Irene Cara winning like an Oscar. I mean. For fame. We got you know? there close with <laughs> Gaga. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to 
dig up some. But I mean, that movie was a musical. Yep, I, I don't so know. If, built into the. I don't know if they're the gonna movie. put on a song in this House of Gucci movie from Gaga to oh, to get her another one. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, we don't we don't have any like pop songs to like accompany movies anymore. And I feel like Madonna never like like we said, you know, I'll remember and with honors, but that's such a weird one. Mm-hmm. Like that movie is a, is anybody remember with honors? You just this remem- used to be my playground you from just song. Oh, it yeah. Was a mm-hmm. Closing credit song from yeah, but yeah, uh, League of I their mean, own. But those songs just never got the critical attention from voters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This used to be my playground. I always thought the song is such a downer. Well, like, <laughs> that movie came out like right when I graduated high school. Uh, so yeah. I remember walking with my sister. We went to um, see it at Atlantic Palace, which isn't there anymore. Yeah. Um, one of my teachers from my high school had just dropped out of being, had just like left being a nun. And was <gasps> I saw her and she was like holding hands with, with a date. <gasps> And then, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. And I was just like, I, I remember it so well. And then, yeah, that song, I mean, I had just graduated freaking high school. So it was very emotional for me. It would come on and I'm I just sure. felt very wistful. Yeah. I thought it was a great song. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it is. It's, it's a really good song. Um, but yeah, I just was like, oh, it's so sad. <laughs> but, it, but it's fitting for, you know, the movie and all of that. Oh, man. First of all, seeing teachers and in the wild is crazy in the wild, yeah. just like anyway i was like is that it is but to see a sister who has like left oh my goodness that's a that's a big one yeah, you know and wow. you're like 17 and you're just like so much change <laughs> yeah. is happening <laughs> yes wow and she stayed in alhambra and stayed at, at the school and actually oh, did she? like she taught my sister and oh wow okay oh my them, goodness yeah. that's that's interesting well yeah. that's good that's yeah. forward thinking they weren't like get out <laughs> yeah <laughs> sinner <laughs> you divorced god <laughs> i love the idea that nuns are married to god yeah i, <laughs> I do married too. to god <laughs> that's your husband god. kind of going back to truth or dare <laughs> I'd be curious to hear what Madonna's thoughts on this movie are now. It's probably yeah. hard for her to watch just because uh, of the dancers. The sort of sure. the changing relationship with the dancers after the movie. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that Madonna took a lot of that very, very personal, and she'll probably never talk to them ever again. Well, I have some tea on that. Ooh, so oh, okay. In that yeah. interview that I sent you guys, yeah. like, check it out. It's not too long. It's like a half an hour. They describe like when they met when Kevin Oliver Oliver yeah. and I think Gabriel Gabriel was the, the main one yeah when they and their lawyer met with Madonna and her lawyer uh-huh. and sat across the table they said she would not look at them mm-hmm. at, uh. until like the very end and it was heartbreaking yeah like she refused to look at them and that was her way of communicating to them yeah. as as they interpreted it like her hurt yeah her disapproval it's kind of like you're dead to me i get the impression from her she's just like i'm about the future yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i don't look back she does every now and then in her yeah. instagram but not a lot though not a lot mm-hmm. not a lot yeah interesting and just sort of the current state of madonna's career like i don't want to be too hard on her like her last album there's a few songs that i like on it but, yeah, I mean, it is Madonna just trying to keep up with the kids. And that sometimes it's just a little weird. Well, I think my biggest 
problem is kind of younger people not really caring or just kind of like throwing her away, just being like, oh, whatever. That's old music. That's Probably old, that's just old not music. putting into scope the yeah. gravitas of that woman's career and yeah. what she's done for just building just modern pop. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like obviously as you move forward, there's going to be comparisons to, you know, like Lady Gaga or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like – and that's the other thing. It's like Madonna has always been so outspoken, you know, air quotes or like unfiltered or whatever that every now and then she will say something that mm-hmm. will rub people the wrong way. And people will like latch onto that. You know, so like Lady Gaga fans are like, well, she said that Lady Gaga is derivative or something. Mm. It's like, all right. That was like, you know, (laughs) okay. So it's like forever they're going to be like, well, I don't like you. But it's like, oh, come on. Come on. Listen to listen to freaking express yourself. I remember um, my family, we were driving. into LA we're driving into downtown LA and we were going to I think we we're going to go to the circus actually like literally going to the circus like love cir- it like Ringling Brothers and Barnum and <laughs> Bailey was coming through LA and the commercials would be on like you remember the commercials oh, would yeah. be on TV nonstop like come see the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey and we were going to the circus it was like a big deal we're driving I remember being on the 10 freeway with like you could see downtown LA skyline right in front of you as you're driving towards it. And it was like after school, probably on a Friday and it was the evening going towards it. And, um, kiss FM was on and express yourself came on. And it was the first time any of us heard it. And my mom and my sister were like, ah, it's the new Madonna song. And like, we like, listen to all of express yourself. And we were, and me and my sister were just like, that song was so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we were just like, that was amazing. We were just like, that was awesome. Like, it was the first time we'd ever, and I will never forget it. And then going back and seeing the video, and the video was like epic. Oh, and you know? drawing from like German expressionism. Yes, we, yes. we we watched mm-hmm. it in one of my classes in college, actually, oh, and broke so, that down when yeah. we were studying. Metropolis, Metropolis, all that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just getting that feeling like when, a, you know, when a new song comes out from like an artist that's just like, but it was just that thing where, like, everybody was listening to Madonna. It was just mm-hmm. well, you want you want to know what I remember from that time from the Like a Prayer album. Mm-hmm. I remember being in my room in high school, listening to Rodney Bigenheimer on a Sunday night, and Like a Prayer had just come out. He played Like a Prayer. Oh wow! On a show, yeah. and it was not like you know in his normal. Oh yeah, you know repertoire to play yeah. Madonna music at Rodney all, but he played it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because that, that album and that song at the time were probably a little bit more like not controversial, but just a little different mm-hmm. than like an average pop song or whatever. So Prince collaborated with her on that album. Oh yeah, that's right. And you were mentioning earlier that when you bought like a prayer, it smelled like incense. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I, I read later it was actually patchouli, but she thought that makes felt, more sense. Yeah, felt that it evoked, you know, uh, church yeah. incense. But mm-hmm. I, I remember I was at my friend's house. She bought the cassette. I had, we had the tape, yeah. And opening it and just being like, "This smells good." Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. My sister bought the tape, and I forever remember just like smelling. <laughs> and just be like, "Oh my goodness!" Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
See stuff like that. It's like, yeah, are our pop stars doing those kinds of things I these think days? It, I think Probably. Katy Perry tried to do something like that and put like I think that she tried to put like uh seeds in one of her albums. Okay. And then I think that something Wild became flowers. of it because uh transporting like Oh uh, my god. Yeah, transporting plants and agriculture <laughs> over borders you can't or something. Do that, yeah. <laughs> oh wow! That's, but that's I funny. I see what you're saying that we just live at a time where there's so much entertainment that there's not really a lot of collective yeah listening to something things that captivate things everybody. that cap- captivate yeah. everyone. Yeah. When also everyone just has a fucking opinion these days and has to <laughs> put it on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so I feel like they were those were like the last like group of of like pop stars and like musicians that 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 happened, you know. And we talk about it all the time the three of us, you know, like she was the reason we, we would watch the VMAs. Yeah. And she performed almost every year and it would be a huge thing and you know culminating with the, like the Vogue performance with these dancers. Listeners, look it up on YouTube right now. <laughs> So good. <laughs> this Vogue performance is it's everything. It's like if you're not familiar with Madonna, it's but like if you watch like Glee or like any of that shit, like it's all there. Yep. It's mm-hmm. all there, you know? Yeah. The, the Vogue video was like insane to me as a kid. It was directed like, by David what? Fincher. I remember my mind was blown when I found that out. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, she was just like do, she was just doing shit nobody else was doing, and much like just producing an entire concert documentary movie. Yeah, and like and also just kind of thinking outside the box that I could just do a basic concert movie for HBO. Like they could just mm-hmm. get coverage from the shows, but Madonna wanted to make it a little special. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, uh, pop stars today have concert movies. Mm-hmm. It's like a Billie Eilish one and on Disney they're Plus all, right now. And they're all sort of emulating Truth or Dare, well, too. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that That's probably a huge inspiration for them. Yeah, I would say so. Um, so, yeah, I've, I feel like right now there's a lot of, like, especially with, like, you know, gay people and, like, young, you know, gay, like, uh, you know, people. I was going to say people who listen to music. So, human beings. Um, I think just people just try to dismiss her as being irrelevant still yes and i do get that like there is something about madonna's new music that i do think it feels a little off like there's a few tracks that i like off of Uh madame x but there's also a lot of it that i don't really care for sure too Mm -hmm. that i do kind of get that it is madonna just trying to stay relevant and young (laughs) too at the same time yeah yeah. that sometimes it doesn't really go over that well for a woman in her 60s And if she let that go, then what would she produce? I'm curious right. to know what that would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, who knows? Maybe it could. It would be a whole new, I don't know. It could be, it could be anything. She would take issue with what we're saying. Yeah. I mean, when it comes <laughs> down to it, it's Madonna Absolutely. and she can do whatever the fuck she wants yeah. because she's Madonna. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And, um, you know, it, it does come down to taste too because it's like, you know... My mom, one of her like most like beloved musical artists of all time, she just loves Donna Summer, and it's like, do I love every Donna Summer song? Not really. That's yeah, true. You know, yep. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not super duper into disco, but it's like 
I don't know. I do understand how huge of a phenomenon disco was and what Donna Summer meant to all these people. So it's like you don't have to like all of her music and maybe – you know, to us, we we listen to all the old songs and we're just like, yeah, it's Madonna. But maybe to a kid right now, they're just like, what is this? What mm-hmm. the hell is – And we'll always have all yourself, of – And you know? it's like I'll always have Ray of Light. You guys will always have like Express Yourself <laughs> and all of those songs. Like they'll they'll never go away. Yeah. Ray of Light's so good. That album is mm. so good. Oh, my goodness. I remember when I heard Frozen, I was just like, it's so uh, lush. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I love I love the Middle Eastern influence and it's just such a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah. I her video for Power of Goodbye, I think that is the most beautiful Madonna has ever looked. <laughs> where she's in that black hair. Yeah. And uh she's just in like a little like mm-hmm. wrap dress. Very simple. But yeah, you're right. Love that. Love Very that. incandescent. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that at, on MTV mm-hmm. and just being just sort of in awe of how beautiful she looked. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting too. A lot of the stuff that she did around Ray of Light, it's like you can never get away with today with all of the the henna body art. Oh, yeah. Henna, you know, appropriation. Appropriation. But it was, I don't know. It was a different time. But was it, is it, re- is it really appropriate? You know, she's not like in brown face. She's not like wearing full costumes, but she would do like the henna hand tattoos and... I mean, you Gwen know, Stefani was wearing bindis yeah. in that at that time, yeah. and I mean, everyone was. That was a like was appropriating huge. Indian culture yeah. or, or drawing I from it. Yeah. I mean, I I even had. I think I picked it up from like Contempo Casuals. I had this like <laughs> handbag with a a, a Hindu god on it, mm-hmm. and then I remember a few years later, I had a friend who was Hindu, and she's like, "Yeah, it's just so insulting. That's my my yeah. my culture. It's yeah. my religion. It's not your costume. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I guess the bindis and all of that is probably not a good look. So, yeah, different time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so prevalent. It really was. I remember just like bars and things would just have like fabrics strewn from you know I the mean, ceilings is that is that at the um the, the 4800 the 4100 the 4100 yeah, yeah yeah you always said that it looks like Gwen stefani's bedroom yes whenever we <laughs> whenever we would go in did, yeah um but yeah i mean it, it was everywhere though I, I was gonna say maybe maybe you got that purse at the at the um the breast plum <laughs> yeah, no, it was Contempo. It was contempo I think it was when my sister was working there. Ah, there you go. I think I got like a discount. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got her fifteen percent off. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, because that was a big thing too at the time. Just like, um, like stick on like jewels. Yes, like, for your hair. And so, oh, I mean, Catholic imagery was being like Dolce and Gabbana. That was around yeah. that time they were putting. You know, it was like on like silk screen, like screen dot screen prints of yeah. You know, Virgin Mary. It was all there was a lot of religious imagery from all over the world popping yeah, up. Absolutely, and Catholic imagery. As somebody who's raised Catholic. I don't care if anybody's just yeah. like, I'm going to wear like the version. That's to me. But I do understand how, where religion is a little bit more woven into culture, like, you know, Indian, you know, and Hinduism and things like that. I get that that is a little bit more of, a, of an insulting thing. Whereas, and people who've been colonized. Yes. You know, it's like, yes. oh, it's, it, and it's so it continues. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, at the time it was just like, look how spiritual she has become. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. Look at what having a child has done to Madonna. Yes. It has made her. I remember watching MTV, uh, and there was an MTV news break with Kurt Loder, mm-hmm. and he said that Lourdes was born. I remember that. Like, broke into. I like, remember where I was. So, like, whatever it was, Beavis and Butthead. Yep. <laughs> Stop the presses. Madonna has given birth to her baby. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and then they were on the cover of Vanity Fair. I remember that, her and Lourdes. That was yeah. a big deal, too. You know, what I saw on Debbie Mazar's post about Lourdes's birthday, when I forgot, she was referring to her as Lola. And I remember the whole thing was that before Lourdes was even born, Madonna was like, oh, this is going to be her name, but we're going to call her Lola. And that was a very trendy name at the time. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like 25 year old Lolas running around. Probably, Kathy, right now. Uh, um, Kelly Ripa Consuelas. Her her daughter is named Lola. Oh well, there you go. Mm-hmm. See, I told you guys right after Lola was born, I was at UCLA and I went to Rite Aid in Westwood Village, <laughs> and Carlos Leone was standing right in front of me <gasps> buying diapers. Oh, and wow, and that guy was he <laughs> in a relationship with Madonna or was she just like, I want to have a kid. Do you want to have a kid? Let's make yeah, this work. Yeah, no, they were dating. Were they dating? Briefly, but okay. yeah, they were dating. He was, he was right in front of me, tall, like... Oh, my goodness. Car- and I'm like, I know who those diapers are for. <laughs> he looked a little uncomfortable. Like, sure, yeah. I think he probably saw in my eyes. Like, he that looked you, back at me yeah. at one point. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Crazy eyes. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's a good one. It's a good oh, one, man. right? Carlos Leon. I wonder what he's up to these days. Call in, Carlos. We'll have you on the show. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I mean, I think the three of us could we, definitely we talk covered about a lot of Madonna. Oh, I mean, there's so much to talk about with this movie, but yes. um, I think we did a pretty decent job. <laughs> of it. Um, I mean, I'll always just revisit Madonna on YouTube's, like on on the YouTube's. I yes. will just put on like a block of music videos that I'll. I was listening. I was listening to Madonna today in my walk. So it's she's someone that I still return to a lot. Well, the thing that I really love about Truth or Dare as a film is that if you're not super like maybe if you're not super into documentaries, there is the concert aspect of it, mm-hmm. and the concert footage is beautiful. Beautiful, it's so yeah. well shot. You feel like it's, you're on the stage. Yeah. You feel like, like you're, you're there. like you're there. Oh my goodness. It's it's amazing when it just cuts to color, you're just like, boom, it's that Wizard of Oz moment. It's just like, ooh, okay, we're going to go into a song now. I love it. And it's just really it's so well edited the way they like weave in the songs and in, in there. And kind of unexpected songs that they include. Like, oh father. Oh, father. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they that they include Live to Tell. Mm-hmm. It's funny though, as we're watching it, I'm thinking, man, this concert is like all bangers. But like up until this point, it's pretty much her whole catalog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're just not including like super deep cuts. But up to you know 1991, these are these are the hits. Yep, this is it. <laughs> I mean, this movie had a huge moment in pop culture. Uh, we were just watching the Blossom episode today, oh my where. Blossom has a dream that she is in her very own Truth or Dare documentary. And the episode is fucking terrible. Well, it's Blossom. And I just don't know what is going through <laughs> these writers' minds that we are going to make a Truth or Dare or Dare parody yeah. in our audience's children. <laughs> I don't know. And just like Mayan Bialik yeah. just doing all these little bits. And yeah. just you can just tell the writers are thinking, this is going to be hilarious. Oh, they loved it. They loved it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a f- 
French and Saunders, mm-hmm. uh, Truth or Dare parody. Um, there's famously uh, our friend Julie Brown. She did one. Yeah. <laughs> I think Kathy Griffin is in that too. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Julie Brown has a whole Madonna-esque alter ego, Medusa. And this is Medusa's Dare to be Truthful. So you can look that up. That one's it's pretty funny. We love we love Julie Brown. You uh, you yeah, all downtown Julie Brown? Not quite downtown Julie Brown. The other the other Julie Brown on white, MTV. White okay. Julie Brown. White yeah. Julie Brown. Um she's in Clueless. She's the gym teacher in Clueless. She's Miss Miss Stoger. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're not familiar. But um <laughs> that's our other mega mega nineties reference. But um yeah, it's like it's been parodied all over the place. It's but it's just became a part of pop culture. Yeah, I mean, it was just a huge like moment. Everything else from Madonna Even if I did time. think that it was a dirty movie when I was a child. <laughs> and, of course, that was followed by the sex book. That yes, was even was, more controversial, I was, really. I, yeah. And that's what's crazy about, about the career of Madonna, that when you think of, like, are you going to see, like, Ariana Grande do a sex book? No. <laughs> it's like, that is just, like, how <sighs> yeah. insane Madonna's career is. You know who would do a sex book? Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X would do a sex book. <laughs> and I feel like Lil Nas X is the closest thing that uh, we have today to a contemporary Madonna, even though Lil Nas X's music isn't quite as far-reaching as Madonna is. Sure. Lil, Lil Nas X public persona knows how there. to yeah. push buttons. Deliver yeah. a public yeah. persona yeah. and push buttons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's true. I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that moving forward. Uh Oh man, Marlene! Thank you so much. <laughs> this is so fun. We've been yeah. talking about this episode for a while, and I'm glad that we finally did it. Oh, me too. This was so enjoyable. I'm so yes, glad we watched it together. Yes, mm-hmm. that was really fun. Yep. That was that was the most fun part about all this. Listeners, you didn't get to watch that. There's also a new concert movie from Madonna yes. that is on Paramount Plus, like right now. It's uh, Madame X. It's from the Madame X tour. Yeah. I tried to get tickets to that concert. Ooh, that was there hard. was a, a block of days at the Wiltern, and I did not get it. It was like a year ago, yeah. wasn't it? It was like about a year and a yeah. half ago, or maybe even two years. Like, she what, did, is, what is time anymore? She did like a week. Yeah, she did like five she did shows like in LA. But you had to go in a lottery, because that's how high in demand the seats or like the tickets were, because the Wiltern isn't like the forum. Yeah, I think a week of shows at the Wiltern is like one night at, at like the Staples Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But yeah, I tried to get um, tickets to that. Didn't, didn't get work. them. And also, I tried for Caesar's Palace in Vegas. Also, didn't work out. <laughs> I mean, and that says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yep. That in twenty twenty one, she still she still has that following. Still selling yep. them out. I mean, maybe everybody in there is gonna, you know, go home and go straight to bed. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they're not. The they're not going to the clubs after. They're going. Yeah. Out, you know. That's it. That's yeah. it for the night. Yeah. Madonna maybe has... everybody. Maybe most people will be sitting down through the entire. Mm-hmm. Concert. I mean, Madonna still has quite a career ahead of her. Like, maybe I'll see her again. I've or, never. Maybe, maybe I've I'll never. I, I. If I do, I want to go with you guys. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, that would be that would be so much fun. Because I, I still have never seen. Madonna show. So one day we're holding out hope. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank Yay. You so much. Yay. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We'd love to have you on again in the future. We'll think about something else. So, um, but until then, uh, we bid you adieu. Bye, Marlene. Bye. 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 
and thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much. Yes, indeed. I could talk about Madonna all night. Same. And I feel like we did. But uh, thanks for sticking around with us for that one. That was another fun one, as always. But I think it's about that time. Patreon shoutouts. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Patreon shoutouts. We'd love to say a big hello and thank you so much to Travis, Esperanza, Nicole, Susan, Barry, JJ, Leighton, Shelby, Merle, Michael, Charlie, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emma, Millie, Aaron, Melinda, Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino. Thank you so much, you guys. Thanks so much. Head over to www.patreon.com slash movies that made us gay for lots of fun, additional, exclusive content. Mm-hmm. We've got a newsletter. We've got watch of those commentary tracks. We've got pictures. We've got playlists. We've got postcards. We've got a ton of great I just stuff. just got a new uh, book of postcards from Palm Springs. Cool vintage Palm Springs postcards. Yes, indeed. I've got to so, get those out soon. Those will be coming at you. But um, head over to Patreon for that. We'd also love it if you would uh, like and rate and review Give our show. five stars. Yes, indeed. Head over to Apple Podcasts if you're uh, an Apple user and give us five stars. It's easy. Mm-hmm. It's free. And um, we got ourselves back up to 5.0. Yay! We were at 4.9 for a hot minute because some foo out there gave us a low star rating but we got ourselves back up so thank you for doing that uh, but if you write us a review we'll read it on the show mm-hmm. yeah easy as that so head on over and do that you can follow us on socials uh instagram and uh facebook at movies that made us gay and twitter at mtmug pod yes indeed you can follow me my name is pete i am on instagram and twitter at peter lasagna i'm oscar scott on twitter and Scott Youngballer on Instagram. And follow me on Letterboxd. Yes, indeed. Go check us out there. Thank you so much, everybody. Until next week, we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.